0: Welcome to the Craft Heads Podcast, everybody. This is episode 84. This is the podcast where we, my co host and I, Tommy, my best friend of 20 years, we have an alcoholic beverage of some kind, usually a cocktail or a spirit, beer, wine, what have you. We do shout outs of people we've met in businesses and establishments and places we have visited. And then we have a topic for the episode, and we usually keep them around a half an hour or so, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little shorter. That being said, I'd like to welcome back to the show my fiance Tara. So thanks for joining me on this uh, special Sunday Scaries edition, Tara.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And Tara and I frequently do the movie cast episodes where uh, she and I will talk about a particular movie that's just recently come out. And uh, in, we've actually done four movie casts before. One of them was with Friend Kaylee on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Tara and I have also done The Joker, the most recent one, Venom, and The Glass, well, The Movie Glass, and The Un- Unbreakable Trilogy generally. So you can check out our podcast feed for if you want to hear about any of those. But this week's is on the newest uh, Martin Scorsese movie, The Irishman. And it was kind of crazy because when you're watching Netflix, you know, things just pop up and, you know, most of the time I'm real irritated because it's like, I'm not interested in this and it starts playing and I hate it. But I was like, wait a minute. It caught all of our attention when we were watching something one night because it was a Netflix original. And Martin Scorsese is, of course, a very esteemed director. I mean, like top five conversation. You'll if you're a movie buff, there's there's tons of movies by him that you love. And we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, it was really interesting. And I also saw that it was three and a half hours long. So we were planning on watching it. We set aside an entire evening with the neighbors, sat down and watch it. And while we're not drinking tonight because it's 11 o'clock on a Sunday, we did have plenty of Jameson on hand for the movie. Got a Christmas gift set. Keep your eyes peeled for it. It had uh, Jameson makes their uh, additional variants of it now called Cask Mates. And it came with a little bonus edition of the stout edition and the ipa edition and which one did you like the most Tara? the ipa the, Oh, okay so you liked the ipa version yeah. and it's crazy because as soon as we tasted it it really it's obviously it's irish whiskey but it was hoppy yeah for sure definitely. and it was th- real good i think if i had to pick one of the other ones uh, i did like the stout one better than the ipa it, again it Was weird because it kind of tasted like it had it was aged in a stout beer barrel, which it was, I believe. So, but Jameson's a good standard Irish whiskey, and we figured it was appropriate given the title. Although, none of us had any idea that uh, The Irishman is actually about uh, you know, it has some historical context, and I just figured it was another crazy, you know, original Martin Scorsese movie, and it's not, it's actually about. Um, I'll say generally, and you jump in T, but Jimmy Hoffa and his rise to to prominence in the 50s and 60s, and of course, his subsequent disappearance in the 70s. And he was the the president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters Union that had over two million members back then. And there was like mob activity and all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, it was interesting because in the movie, they specifically say, uh, I think Robert De Niro says in the movie, uh, oh, you know, young people these days, they... They don't know who Jimmy Hoffa was. I mean, maybe they heard of him and he was some guy that disappeared, that that's it. And I was in that camp. Mm -hmm. Like, I definitely knew the name. I knew he disappeared. I knew it was unsolved and there was mob activity and stuff. But I didn't really know anything about Jimmy Hoffa. I don't know why I really never looked into him. Did you?
1: Um, I'm kind of like in the same camp. Like, I've heard of him and maybe it was like taught when I was younger. But I had no desire to Google who he was. I just didn't care. But when they mention it in the movie, it's like, oh, like, I've definitely heard of, you know, Jimmy Hoffa. And I knew that there was, I don't know, turbulence around him. Like, I, I just knew, like, that there was stuff yeah. going on with him. But I He's just never in- knew. He's infamous. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I never knew what yeah. it all was about, though. So,
0: so we, we're not going to cover everything. You know, we'll probably make this about a half an hour long. Uh, there's going to be stuff that inevitably Tara and I will forget or leave out. Um, this is just a conversation generally about the movie. We're going to talk about the characters, maybe some of the things and our favorite parts of it. And again, just maybe a couple tidbits about like the historicity of the movie and all that. But the bottom line is, uh, there's no real structure here. So T just jump in, you know, on, on anything at all. But, um, it, that was one of the coolest things was, it took a while. Again, it's three and a half hours long, and we were into the movie for a while. And I was like, "Oh shit, this is you know kind of like a biopic, mm-hmm. really. You know, like based on some on real people, including Robert De Niro's character, which is Frank Sheeran. He existed and everything else. But uh, before we talk about the the movie, just for anybody who is not familiar with Martin Scorsese, uh, even by name, you're definitely familiar with some of his movies. I'm not naming all of them, but I have a whole bunch to list real quick. Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, um, Goodfellas, in Casino, obviously. Those are like two of the biggest ones. And Gangs in New York, The Aviator, The Departed, one of my all-time favorite movies. Shutter Island, Wolf of Wall Street, and of course now The Irishman. Mm-hmm. So, check you know, read about him more uh, to learn more about his background and everything. And then there's one random movie that I really want to watch with you of his that I've never seen. It's called The Last Temptation of Christ. Interesting. And it's, it's like a f- fictional um portrayal of you know things that you know with no gospel background but like temptations that he would have struggled with as a human being Mm -hmm. you know who plays jesus christ it's amazing oh no who willem dafoe
1: oh that's interesting wouldn't that
0: be so funny yeah and harvey Keitel is judas iscariot you'd recognize him he's in a bunch of quentin tarantino movies he was actually in the irishman um he was The guy that was always sitting next to Russell in the booths whenever they would go into the restaurant and, like, they would talk to Robert De Niro's character. I think so. I don't remember. You'll recognize him. And uh, David Bowie is Pontius Pilate. Ooh. The whole thing just sounds fantastic. Yeah. But anyways, um, and then another cool thing about the length of the movie, Neighbor James fact check this. I didn't fact-check it myself. But he said that Martin Scorsese had this this idea for the movie. He wanted to explain it, and he was like, "I need three and a half hours to do this movie. I don't give a shit if people think it's too long." Uh, and basically saying that's you know that might be too long for people to sit in movie theaters. So when he was it, it was in development hell for a long time and production and everything, and he was just like, for the people that made the decisions on how to distribute it, he's like, "You guys figured out. I'm making this movie. It's gonna be this long." And Netflix was an obvious choice for it. And it's a great movie to watch at home. It doesn't need to be in a big Mm -hmm. movie theater. It's obviously very long. You can take breaks. We took two or three little intermissions. Four, actually, I think. Four? Yeah. Well, because,
1: well, bathroom, snacks, drinking, drinking definitely. Drinking more. Yeah, drinking more on top (laughs) of what we had already consumed.
0: Exactly. Which made us uh, have to use the restroom even more. So, you know, the... Go ahead.
1: One of the things I was going to say, too, um, it's perfect that it's on a streaming service because you can actually turn on subtitles, which is something that we do fairly uh, frequently. But um, it kind of helps when, you know, you have those like different dialects and like, um, God, what am I trying to think? Like accents accents and stuff. Yeah, like because like there's like little stuff you'll miss and especially with a movie that long and they mention so many people that it's nice to leave them on because then you start to recognize the names even if you like cuz there's stuff you'd miss in normal conversation in a movie of that i don't know length
0: grandiosity yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm i'm with yeah. you 100% turn, turn
1: your uh turn your subtitles it's on it's a subtitle
0: movie for sure if if you can stand them uh, i definitely think it's beneficial and last like just quick fact about the movie it's actually based on a 2004 book called I Heard You Paint Houses Basically a euphemism for saying that they, if someone, somebody says that to you, they know you're a hitman or you, you kill yeah. people because you're like splattering their brains on the wall, you know, when you shoot them in the head. So pretty awesome. I love that. But, uh, you know, the first thing I noticed whenever we started up was, holy shit, Joe Pesci is old. Yeah. I mean, I said his head looked like a little shriveled fruit, you know, he's, yeah, he, I mean, he he, he is allowed to look old. It's just like, man, it's just crazy, you know. I'm so used to seeing all the old stuff he's in, and holy mm-hmm. shit, we're in 2019 now. But um, the cast is amazing. I'm not going to run through everybody again. But uh, the the big names, Robert De Niro is Frank Sheeran. Al Pacino is Jimmy Hoffa. Joe Pesci is Russell. Was it Buffalino or Buffalino?
1: I think Buffalino.
0: I think so, too. Yeah, let's go with Buffalino. Could be wrong. One of the most random, prominent characters is Ray Romano. I thought yeah. that was hilarious. That's,
1: yeah. And he was great. I've never seen, what is it, Everybody Loves Raymond? Yeah. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of that show, and I, I know who so, he yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, why is this goofy guy, whatever. But he nailed it. Yeah, like, he, he did a great go- job. He wasn't,
0: yeah. uh, you know, what you would picture. It's it's not like he was typecast. He was just really good in it. I mentioned Harvey Keitel was in it. And then one of our favorite things- Uh, And you guys can stay tuned in the coming, I'll say, 30 to 60 days. We are going to have a Sopranos episode as well uh, with the neighbors. So we'll save that probably for 2020. But we were having like a big Sopranos party and just loving all of these characters randomly. Oh, yeah. They
1: just like appear out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, and
0: some some of them were, there were no huge ones, but they were like no, that's not true. There, no, there were
1: there were big ones. How, how many can
0: you name? I have I, I have the list. Here. I
1: can't name anybody. No, okay. Wait, hold on. If you go through it, I'll be like, oh yeah, okay. And how I'll about, do that for every single one of them. How about who was the, the guy
0: in the beginning? In the car in
1: the beginning. Oh my gosh. Female. Oh, oh my gosh. What's her name? <laughs> Charmaine, yes,
0: Charmaine. Yeah. Charmaine, Charmaine Bucco, so Artie Bucco's wife, yeah. and she's played by Catherine Narducci. So that's I have five names here. Yep, that's one of them. Who was the and, one you were going to say just there?
1: Uh, it was they were at a bar in like one of the like the hangouts, and there was a guy that was at the bar. You got it. Yeah. And is it um, hold on.
0: First, he gave her the emeralds.
1: Yeah. Then he gave her the pearls. Yeah. 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 Meaning he gave the emerald.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he <laughs> is uh that guy's name was uh in in the Sopranos, gene Pontecorvo, mm-hmm. played by Robert Fernaro. And just for the sake of time, I'll run through the other ones. Yeah. Uh the one of the smallest ones was the guy that played Coach Don Hauser in one episode. His name's Kevin O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just kept sprinkling them out through the movie. And we were just like, "Oh, the shit, other ones." Sopranos. Uh Beansy.
1: Oh, Beansy. Yes. Yeah, he was Whispers great.
0: or whatever that guy's name. Because Beansy's a great character in The Sopranos yeah. and gets shit on a lot. His name is Paul Paul Herman, the actor. And then the biggest Sopranos character, didn't have a huge role, but uh, of course showed up in the movie, was Stephen Van Zandt, who is Silvio Dante. So that was great. Uh, again, just crazy ensemble cast. I only named, I think, 10 actors and actresses there, but there's, there's a ton of people in this movie. I remember even seeing... Um, the woman who plays Rogue in the early X-Men movies, Anna Paquin or whatever, like I knew I recognized her, you know, everybody's yeah. older now. So, um, generally Tara, what are some of your thoughts on the movie? We can't summarize it cause it's, yeah, it's it, too long. I,
1: I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then once I learned that it was like basically like the Jimmy Hoffa story and, and kind of all the different ties pulled in together it really made sense, um, and especially when James told us about, um, you know, the director saying, it's going to be three and a half hours, like, mm-hmm. it needs to be this, and yep. I'm going to do this, and you can definitely see, like, when you're you're watching, you kind of get sucked in, but it, you need those different intricacies, like, you need to see Robert De Niro, like, sometimes he stutters, not, like, stutter, but, like, he would, like, repeat the first word of his sentence like multiple times, but like even just like the small, like intricacies of this normal conversation between two characters to show how they had a friendship. I think that's very important because are we doing a spoiler cast?
0: Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. this yeah. Is, So talk about
1: anything. Um, like one of the things that is really important in the movie, the portrayal, and we don't know what happened because obviously real life and we never figured it out. But in the movie, uh, Robert De Niro's character ends up, killing you know the guy who's playing jimmy hoffa and so the whole build-up to that you see how they're building their friendship and like you can see how close they are to one another um and you know for that decision to have to take place and for him to be the person doing that that's really hard
0: yeah And, and you know i i Again, I I have not done any research really since the movie. I, it's, I, I certainly haven't done any on The Irishman. I only Googled a couple of things actually prior to this podcast just to talk about Jimmy Hoffa. but Because I love going into this stuff without reading. I don't like to be influenced by reviews and different. The only thing I ever look up is the, the tomato meter because mm-hmm. that's always fun. But uh, it's so crazy to think about this as a... I wonder if it was Martin Scorsese's, his best guess, like what he thinks happened, or maybe it is a general consensus of what happened. But like all the way at the end of the movie, Frank Sheeran, played by Robert De Niro, uh, he, these federal investigators or detectives or whatever they are, they come by and they're like, listen, everybody's dead. The Who was involved? Nobody can take, you know, vengeance on you. Just tell us what happened. And he's just like... Nah. Yeah, he was like, ah, I think I'm done for today or something. The yeah. point is, like, I'm taking this to my grave and nobody's ever going to know what's going to happen. And it's it's so crazy because it seems very, it seems plausible, mm-hmm. you know. And I just can't imagine, ultimately, Frank Sheeran has to make a choice on who he's going to be loyal to. You know, he, Russell, Joe Pesci, he got him started out, you know, very uh, at, a, at a much younger age and they were together forever and doing all this organized crime and everything together and Russell always had his back and it's like Jimmy Hoffa was a... And that's Al Pacino. He was a great friend of Frank Sheeran's and, you know, they always stuck together and he always had his back. Like, he was his bodyguard for all that time. But, like, yeah. eventually, one thing got in... In the movie, I don't know about the real one, one thing killed Jimmy Hoffa, his ego. Yeah. His ego killed him. And it's just yeah. so crazy because he, he went to prison for for bribery and fraud and, you know, getting all the, the union members' pensions tied up and organized crime and all this, you know, all so many different things. And he, he only spent several years in there, four years, something like that. I can't remember exactly. And when he got out of there, if he just would have accepted, times changed leadership has changed mm-hmm. ownership has changed hands organized crime all that stuff yeah. it's just like he could have still lived out the rest of his days like a king and he was like no this is my union and they warned him over and over again and russell tried to get frank Sheeran to say listen you have to convince jimmy hoffa that this this is the way it's it is and if you don't accept it you know, they they yeah. almost never state what they're saying. But the point is, like, you get them to accept it or we're going to take them out. Yeah. So.
1: Well, and that's, um again, I don't know how much stuff is accurate to a real life portrayal. I'd like to think that there's some, you know, high influences. And especially, like, how you mentioned um his ego. Uh And I'd like to think that, like, some of those conversations, like, actually happen. Like, if he... Mm-hmm had any access to anything and he was able to incorporate it into the movie. Um, But you definitely see him come out of jail and he's like, it's my union. And it's like, you're delusional, dude. Like, you know, and he just couldn't accept or I don't know if he couldn't accept or couldn't see or maybe a combination of both that his life was actually going to be in danger mm-hmm. if he just continued being a shithead. Yeah. And he just kept doing that and it's like, oh.
0: Yeah, and I okay. mean, very headstrong... Yeah, and a charismatic guy, you know, with a lot of followers and everything. But again, just mm-hmm. like times change, and I don't if 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 the mob, Italian or otherwise, was like, we're going to kill you if you don't keep your mouth shut and like stop, you know, opposing our new leadership and the new way of doing things. Like, what are you gonna do? Why are you gonna go up against that? Yeah. That you're you're gonna lose that battle ten times out of ten. Yeah, I don't get it.
1: Well, and he, Frankie, the Frank character even tells him at one point, I think, like, just scale it back and just go enjoy your family. Yeah. Like, just go enjoy right. life. That's right. Because he, he's just like, there's there's so much more you could be living for instead of fighting for this, you know, union. Like, this doesn't matter. And even the person who's leading it at the time is, you know, he was number two. It was his number two when he was not in jail. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up taking over everything. And then he got pissed off and it's like oh my gosh yeah. just craziness
0: so i know Stressful. i know the movie was was very long and and again you have to set aside an evening to watch it unless yeah. you want to break it up i mean it could be episodic like you could yeah. watch one quote episode a night for four nights or something and that'd be fine but we just wanted to bang out the whole thing and again when you when you plan it and break it up it's a lot of fun that way but are you really are you glad you watched it?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. It was um it was a really good movie. I think they had a really great cast of people and um I feel like a a lot of the actors from the Sopranos, you can tell that they were just so interested in doing it because it was kind of like a Sopranos get-together yeah, of it's, sorts. Yeah, yeah, especially with uh, the minor characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so that was fun to see.
0: And and by the way, this this movie just came out it came out like full distribution on i th- i think november 1st was whenever it was available it might have it might have come like late a little bit later on on netflix or something like that but this movie is a month old you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i i was hoping to do something a little bit timely with it uh because it's you know it, again it's a big deal like a netflix original by martin scorsese that was the biggest name i've ever seen yeah. normally it's just those random like one off movies and sometimes they're diamonds in the rough i love watching them they're they're weird uh, weakness yeah. of mine, as you know. I'll watch any Netflix original.
1: The the movies are, I think, are rare. Like, cause we always like flip fl- like yeah. through Netflix. Like Alex and I, like what we do is we sit on the couch some nights after we watch Netflix or a video game, whatever, and we'll look at all the like Netflix originals, and like seventy five percent of them are like TV shows yep. and series, and it's like. We don't want another TV show, so anytime we get like a, a movie, and especially one this good, yeah, that was a real treat.
0: Yeah, that's so. exactly right. We're usually going through stuff. Oh, this looks really cool. Oh, TV show. Oh mind. yeah,
1: it's oh, it's a TV Skip. show. Like okay, never mind. Yeah, every yeah. time,
0: but delete. So uh, another really cool thing is, it, again, anybody who knows anything about movies, this is not the first time, not only that Robert De Niro and Al Pacino have worked together on a Martin Scorsese film. It's not even the first time. That uh, they they've done it under under other directors as well. Like uh, for example, did you ever see the movie Heat, like uh, the heist movie in nineteen ninety five? That has both that and Val Kilmer. That's an awesome movie. Um, Maybe Righteous Kill, which was okay in two thousand eight. And then even even though they didn't necessarily uh, like work directly together in Godfather two, Robert De Niro played the young Vito Corleone mm-hmm. in The Origin story like you know when they were doing all the flashbacks and then of course Al Pacino is Michael Corleone but uh and then Goodfellas and Casino both Scorsese movies that has both of them. So yeah. to me it was this was like a really awesome love letter to both of them from Martin Scorsese. He's like all right guys, you know, let's do this again. Let's just keep making these outstanding quality mm-hmm movies you know that we've been we, we they've been doing them for decades i mean they yeah. those movies go back pretty far so
1: well and i wonder if and this is another sport i don't maybe you want to put a no 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 i was going to say like another no a different movie because we recently okay. watched uh oh god what was it hollywood
0: once upon a time in hollywood once upon a time in hollywood
1: sure. and maybe put a tag in, like, the description and say that there's a spoiler for that. But there is, that's kind of, like, the same thing. Like, the whole movie is just, it's a a good pace. And at the very end, uh, there's, like, the Mm what-if scenario. Yeah. And I feel like, and I don't know, like, what the difference, like, the filming, like, when the filming started for this movie. I think. The Irishman, before or after? I think 2014. Wow. I think. Because I was going to say that that's a little bit of an influence. Like, that's just very interesting that very recently we both we watched both of these movies that Mm -hmm. had like a what-if scenario based off of a bunch of historical events yeah so
0: yeah that's a a very good point that definitely could have influenced aspects of it but this one goes back yeah uh, i actually just saw that i think on on wikipedia like right before we got on but you you know what's so funny is just another another thought in general all these movies uh I, i already mentioned a couple that have to deal with you know crime like Uh, heat and godfather uh but specifically organized crime uh goodfellas and casino and the irishman all from martin scorsese and it's so funny how we have not we you and i i'll say people in general certainly americans we have an obsession with organized crime like we love it you know what i mean there there's a lot of weird things that we have obsessions with in in the media that we love to see TV mm-hmm. shows and movies and documentaries about. I mean, the one that I always use as the the most prominent example is, uh, Nazism and, and the third Reich. Like there, there were the, they were the worst people who've ever lived, but yeah. maybe by virtue of that, one of the most interesting things that's ever happened in human history and, and organized that's crime is, an, yeah, yeah. An, an, organized crime is another one of those things that just has that, Odd allure to it. The only thing that's different is, in many cases, and this is just my personal opinion, organized crime is not objectively evil.
1: No, and you, I notice like watching The Sopranos, watching a movie like this, you almost you root for them.
0: Yeah, and it's you terrible. root for them, and you yeah. and you
1: want them, you want them to to succeed, and you want them to have that lifestyle. And keep giving it to the man, a.k.a. the government, and and just make away with whatever lifestyle they want. Like, and one of the perfect examples of that is, uh, who's our FBI guy from The Sopranos that we love? Agent Harris. Agent Harris. And at the end, Agent Harris is like, we're going to win this thing. And he's talking about, like, taking Tony Soprano's side, And, and Tony's a mobster, but it's like... He built this relationship with him, and he's like rooting for him in whatever mob war is happening. And so it's just, I I feel like we're all we all have a little bit of Agent Harris in us, where it's like you know, Hmm. even though they're doing illegal things, I'm still like, man, there's a
0: big difference, at least in my book, between illegal and immoral. Yeah, And, and don't get me wrong, like murder is immoral, but most of the time when people get killed in The Sopranos or whatever, like there's some sort of a motivation behind it. And I'm not trying to sound naive here. In most cases, the average general innocent person is not going to be affected by organized crime. You might be indirectly affected, especially by one of their you know, in mm-hmm. the Sopranos. Like, what, like a scheme, like a credit card fraud thing. You know, like yeah. that can happen. But at the end of the day, that doesn't even affect you. You call your credit card company. You're like, hey, this isn't me. And then the, you don't get charged for it. And it, and the, the credit card winds up, yeah. the, that company winds up holding the bag. So it's just one of those things like, you know, don't get involved. If, if you get involved with that stuff, everybody knows the stakes. And then you play by a different set of rules. Mm-hmm. And if you screw over the wrong person, you're going to pay the price. So yeah. it's like unless they're doing things and there are things that organized crime is also involved in where innocents do get hurt and and things who people things happen to people who don't deserve them but otherwise again once you get involved with that you're in that world and you made that conscientious decision to become part of it yep so i don't know i i think that's what that's one of the things that makes organized crime so interesting because there's there's a lot of things that that are appealing about it for example it's a cash business you know in many ways oh, yeah. and that's amazing but i don't know any other uh random musings about the irishman terror.
1: i enjoyed the um because watching all the mob and organized crime movies tv shows media what have you you can see it evolve over the different eras and decades based on the technology and how you know the authorities can track them down and like basically get evidence against them. And yeah. one of the things I thought that was interesting in The Irishman is when Frank, he is delivering meat. So, like, you see him with his his one boss, and he's built up, like, a trust with him. And he says, oh, you know, oh, don't worry about it. Like, I'll steal the truck up, whatever. And he takes, like, this little uh, metal, um, it almost looks like a zip tie, but right. it's like this little metal um, security device. And it's just funny to look at how, like, that was a determining factor of okay the driver didn't tamper with anything because this this little this little metal zip tie is is attached to it whereas like you would look at like today's modern day era and there would be video cameras literally Mm -hmm. everywhere videotaping everything and it's just it's, it's interesting to see how technology advances and how how their little like oh I'm circumventing the man. Like you don't have evidence that I took all the meat out of the truck because right. the zip tie was here and the
0: in a in a hilarious way. You almost feel bad. I mean, there's there's like there's no incentive for me to get into organized crime today. I'm like that's not worth a headache. No, with, with all of yeah, basically because of technology, I can't imagine. I mean, it yeah. was it would have been amazing back in the nineteen. 19- 30s 40s 50s 60s and then it's like uh, it starts tapering Mm -hmm. off at that point you know
1: another example of uh the the advances of technology being annoying yeah well i mean social media all these other things and then it's like oh it's like organized crime they can't get away with things anymore it's a good thing that that's
0: you know harder but i don't know it's just a funny perspective thing and you know I, i try and look at things from from everybody's perspective so you know i that's one way of looking at it yep Anything else?
1: It was a great movie. A I good would scene? watch it. A good scene in the yeah, movie. Yeah,
0: one of one of your favorite scenes. We should have um, done this right after we watched it.
1: We should have. Yeah. I know. And like, I was even like building up tonight. I was like trying to remember.
0: We waited too long. Memorable
1: to. stuff. <laughs> Honestly, I think my favorite scenes. The movie overall was very very well done, and I enjoyed the whole story. Um, I really enjoyed seeing the old Sopranos. Mm-hmm. peeps yeah. show up and i really enjoyed watching them act because it's like that show for them was probably a big chunk of their life oh yeah. and they and they they have something special with it but like to see um like sill yeah up there just singing yeah. and and what's his name and uh, steven van zandt Zan. he, he's yeah. with yeah. bruce springsteen yeah so seeing him event. like sing but like in a part of like a mob movie. Yeah. Like, th- that's just so cool to me. Yeah. I really love that. Probably, actually, maybe that scene with him singing. I really enjoyed I, like I really enjoyed watching him.
0: Cool. I like that a lot. And I wish I had a specific example. I did, like, 20 minutes of prep work before this episode, uh, yeah. and coincidentally. And the one thing I didn't do was think about my favorite scene, which sucks because... I definitely remember a handful. I had some like drunken notes in my phone. We we drank a good bit that night. Oh, we drank yeah. a lot of the Jameson, and then we started getting into the Sambuca and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I I can I, let me give an example of a scene. Yeah. I don't know that it was my favorite, but it was very powerful. It was whenever they uh, Russell had warned Frank to warn Jimmy multiple times. It is what it is. You have to accept this. Mm -hmm. And multiple times Jimmy was like, no. And then that was when, like, all right, we we tried warning him. Mm -hmm. We gotta take him out now. And there's no going back from this point. And they were sort of going on that business trip to go meet him. And there was like a change in plans, and Frank could tell that it was it was gonna end poorly. Mm -hmm. And Russell basically confirmed that when they were staying. At a hotel in the morning, they were having breakfast together early in the morning, meaning Frank and Russell were, and Russell was like, Don't call him. Yeah. And he basically said like put the nail in Jimmy's coffin and saying, like, You're gonna You're gonna handle this. Yeah. And you're 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 gonna betray your friend. Yeah. Because if you betray me, you're gonna be real sorry. Yep. And that I remember thinking, Wow, that's heavy. Because mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Being no. in that, but you again, you get involved with that stuff. You know the stakes. That, mm-hmm. that situation might pop up.
1: Another, um, I think, scene, like you talk about powerful scene, uh, you see them all in jail. And then you see, oh, God, who is it? Old, it's old ass somebody in a wheelchair getting wheeled off to the chapel. And they're like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, what, why aren't we hanging out or playing this game or something? Mm-hmm. And then he's like... You'll see, like, when you get here, you'll see, but he's, like, basically going to church to confess his sins and to, like, get, you know, some... That might have been Russell. It might have... I think it might have been Russell, maybe, but, um, you know, yeah, he's going off to church and, and Frank's character doesn't really understand it yet, but then at the end of the movie, you kind of see him aged and old and, like, dying, and he's you know talking with the priest and trying to just grasp everything mm-hmm. and then i don't know i just thought oh, like that see that whole yeah that whole transformation of like he's he's gone through all of his life he's the last person he didn't tell anybody what happened but he still has that you know murder all the different murders whatever hanging over him and so he basically asks for forgiveness he's like going through that kind of yeah old Scenario. Yeah, what I
0: said, I, maybe it wasn't, Russell, I think you were saying, was it with an older, like, not major character that was saying, you'll see, you'll understand, or something like that, and they were talking? I don't remember. Okay, I, but, we
1: should have watched, yeah. we should have done this right no, after okay. the movie, because I don't remember all these characters. They were so old, all of them were yeah. so old looking, mm-hmm. they all look the same.
0: Yeah, they they did some unbelievable uh, CGI work in that, because yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly what each of the especially the older main stars looks like today so I was like wait okay is that the actual old Robert De Niro or Mm -hmm. did they actually make him up to look a little bit older still and then you know you see in most of the movie obviously he's made to look much younger and I was like which one is the real or, or is that one where he's in that nursing home at the end or whatever it is that like an older one, you know, mm-hmm. so it's all over the place, but it, it's all very convincing looking. Yeah. At no point, there's I was like, did I think, wow, that looks like shit. You know, you can tell that's mm-hmm. totally made up, but that's the wonders of technology for you, so. Okay, that's good enough for me. Is it good enough for you?
1: Yeah, I I couldn't talk about any more. Yeah. I have well, nothing.
0: Check it out. The, the Irishman is very well worth seeing, especially... From the the historical context, it's really yep. cool to to read more about the the whole thing surrounding Jimmy Hoffa and yeah, I mean nobody knows. Everybody has a, has an idea of what happened, and everybody's damn near certain that the mafia killed him. You know, but there was never a body found. Yep. So who knows who knows what happened to him and where he slash his body is. He was legally declared dead by the federal government in. 1982, I think I read somewhere around there.
1: So interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Tara. Thanks for having
0: me. See you on the next movie cast.